0: Good morning, church family. Good morning. It's good to see all your beautiful faces. If you're joining us online, welcome to church this morning. It's good to come together and worship, hey? It's- so we read it through scripture all over the place. This one brought an offering, and it was accepted. This one brought an offering, and it wasn't. We read things like, Eli's sons offered strange fire there are things that are acceptable to God and then there are things that he will not receive and he decides what it is not us and so Lord right now we lay down our opinions we lay down our preferences we lay down how we would like to see things go we remove all the conditions of your coming and we say we will align with you We will fall in line with your desires. We will worship in spirit and in truth. We will give you a sacrifice that is important for this moment, this morning. We disregard our successes and failures of the past week. We say those were behind us now. In this moment, what worship would please you? And we surrender to you, Holy Spirit, jesus said a time's coming when those who will worship the father must worship in spirit and truth so we're asking for this moment what is the moving of the spirit what is the truth that we must get in line with we bless you lord
1: So a few minutes ago, I just really felt like the king showed up in the room. And here's Ben singing the song, right? And I felt like there was a moment where the Lord said, make your requests known. Make your requests known. Make your requests known to the king. And so what I want you to do, I want you by boldness to get up. And for 30 seconds, I don't want you to preach. I want you to make your requests known to the king just come to the mic and make that request known to the king. Let's take the next three to five minutes to do this. So I'm going to ask you again, step out in faith, in boldness, and make your request known to that king. So come on up right now and share those things. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord.
0: The Lord had just said to me, up till now you've asked for nothing in my name. So now, Lord, I ask to be taken beyond that barrier. I ask, Lord, to see beyond that realm. I ask, Lord, to be taken through the Holy of Holies into that other realm, into that heaven realm. Lord, would you take me there? Would you take us there? I cry out, Lord, to, be, to, to break through another barrier, Lord. Lord,
2: Lord. I ask for your boldness to speak when you say speak. And I claim I claim complete hit illnesses are gone from my body. There is nothing in me that is not of you. There's nothing in me that is not of you. And you are not of sickness or weakness or fear. You are bold, and it's who you made each and every one of us to be is bold. And I receive that, Lord. I receive that. Boldness is gone. Sickness is gone in your holy, holy, holy name. lord praise you lord lord i pray against the fear of man lord that lord i will preach your gospel to those lord god that need to hear lord and lord i pray against this prostate cancer lord that i have that i'm healed in your mighty name lord. god you are my healer lord god my trust is in you oh god And, Lord, I pray for those that are sick today that they will put their trust in you also, Lord. You are God Almighty, Lord. You are the one that came and died and took those stripes for our healing, Lord God. And, Lord, help us to release faith in you today, Lord, to believe for our healing today. And, Lord, I pray for those that are lost today that they will turn their lives to you and receive your free gift of salvation. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, amen. Father, we just decree righteousness over our nation. And, God, I pray today, I plead the blood of Jesus over Canada. And God, I declare an end to an abortion in Canada over Jesus name. that lives would be saved, that we would we would value life and we would just declare righteousness over this nation, over our women, over our families and over our babies. In Jesus name.
0: Lord, I ask for wisdom. Lord, I ask for healing over my daughter, God. Lord, I ask for deliverance for the the lost, Lord, and the addicted, Lord. I ask for salvation for members of our loved ones and our families and peoples in this community, God. And I ask for boldness, Lord. And I love you, God. And I will serve you all the days of my life.
2: Lord I just ask in like 40 days Bailey and I are going to set on a part of a new journey with each other God that our marriage will be built on the things that how you designed a marriage to be that our marriage will be designed on how you designed a marriage to be God I just declare that over us as a couple Jesus name
0: Abba, I ask for divine order of times and seasons in my life. Abba, I ask for divine order of everything in my life. Lord, that you would put my life in your order. Lord, that I would not be losing time anymore, but that I would be able to walk in the time and the seasons that you have divinely ordained for all of us. Heavenly Father, we just thank you today for all of your mercy and your goodness. Lord, I pray for this generation of children. Father, I just cast down the spirit of confusion in Jesus' mighty name. These kids need you, Lord. I pray that you would send out your warriors
2: to protect them, to go before them, Father, that you would give them wisdom and unity, Father, that the kids who know you would spread the word, Lord, that it would spread like
0: wildfire and you would just stand strong for this generation. They need you, Lord. We need you. We need them. They are our future, Father. So I just claim that in victory. This is our resistance. This is our resistance against Satan. And we thank you for it, Father, that the answer is already
1: on the way. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you,
3: Father. Oh King, we come to your presence. Lord, what is impossible is possible with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord. Your word says, Do not be anxious about anything. With prayer and supplication come yes. to you. Yes. God, what seems to you a mountain, Lord, it to you, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray for my friend. She has messed her life up. She is disappointed. She thinks there is no way out. But, Lord, God, King, you can make. Oh God, I pray that you would make the possible. You would you would, you would you would you would you would you would show her the way, Lord, that she would know that there's a there's a God who lives today and he will make the impossible possible for her, Lord. Oh God, thank you once again for your presence in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
2: Lord Jesus, I just pray for your
0: church. I pray that you would have her heart. I pray that you would have her heart. I pray that you would have a spotless bride, ready for you, waiting for you. God, have her whole heart. Have her whole heart, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and take the heart of your people. Come and just sweep them off their feet. Sweep them off their feet. You're so worthy of our whole hearts, God. Come and give us perfect focus on you. A whole heart in Jesus' name.
2: Father, I just ask for a fulfillment of the promise in Malachi that you would turn, that you would send the spirit of Elijah, that you would turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. God, we recognize that it's not by power, it's not by might, but it's
1: by your spirit. It's only by your spirit. It's your spirit that turns the hearts of fathers to their children. So we ask for your spirit, God. You said in the last days you would pour out your spirit, God. So we ask, God, pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit, God. You said you would do it. So we ask, pour out your spirit, turn the hearts of fathers to their children. Father, would you raise up fathers, God? Would fatherlessness not exist on this earth anymore, God? Would you raise up fathers, men after your own heart,
2: mothers in Jesus' name, women after your own heart, God? We thank you that it is
1: by your spirit and you are faithful to your word in Jesus' name. We thank
2: you, Jesus, for the intercessors that are gone before us for Quebec. We thank you, Father God, that you will reign in Quebec. You will break down what needs to be broken down in Quebec. That there would be a move of God like we have never seen before. We thank you. We thank you in advance and we give you all glory and honor for what you're doing in this nation of Canada bless your holy name Jesus
0: Father I stand before you humbly and ask for the marriages the marriages in Canada that the attacks would stop supernaturally and that the strength would come through the men and the women to father and mother Supernatural stoppage, and that we will be strong families in Canada.
3: Yes, oh. Oh.
0: Father, you have spoken to each one of us a promise. And upon each one of us, you have placed a purpose, which you died for. So we ask you in this moment, in this hour, that you would turn all of the universe for your glory into our purpose, our destiny, the things that you've called us to in the name of Jesus Christ, the enemy would stand back because your back is broken as the glory of God falls upon us and the destiny and the purpose of your church is established in your people in Jesus Christ's holy name. We declare every promise yes and amen.
1: I know for some of us in the room there's a fear of coming to the mic there's a fear of coming and praying but I know that you have that request and just as Ben is singing this right now I want you to lift it up to him just begin to lift those requests to him because he sees it he knows it's there so Yahweh right now all these requests Father we believe you are here in this room today we lift it up to you We ask that your will would be done in our lives and in the lives of those around us. Father, we pray for miracles to take place. I know some of you right now, you're praying for a miracle in somebody's life. So, Father, right now, we pray that that miracle would happen, God. Whether legs need to be healed, hearts need to be healed, depression needs to be removed. Father, we pray for healing right now. And, Father, we pray for finances, those that are asking for a financial breakthrough. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, you are the provider you are the provider father god and so we know you will meet those needs you are faithful so father each need represented each request in this place today father touch it touch it in jesus name isn't that beautiful right i mean i was so happy when they sent that because you know again we do all this stuff You know, and I'm going to chat a little bit about this today too, right? Because we know that if we do things without Jesus, we're just doing things, right? But when we do things with Jesus, everything changes, right? And I want to touch on that a bit again today because it actually came up in the worship, right? Again, uh, just about the presence of God, right? And the presence of God is vital to every single thing we do, right? Whether we're in here today... The presence of God all of a sudden shifts and changes things, right? I mean, we could feel that all of a sudden. There was a moment where you felt like the king was in the place, yeah. Amen. right? And I'm going to believe that the Lord is going to touch each and every one of you. All the requests we lifted up, I'm going to believe that the Lord's going to touch them. But the same thing when we go out into the community and we bring Jesus with us. Something begins to shift. Right. Something begins to change. Yeah. We move from just discipling our churches to discipling our communities. Right. We move from just being transformed ourselves to transforming yeah. communities and shifting the very place that we live in. Yeah. Right? I'm telling you, we intercede for this for a reason, do we not? That's right. We intercede to see a shift, to see a change, right. to see tra- transformation. That's, right. That's why we do this. We fight, we pray, we fight, we pray. Is that it? No. We fight and we pray because we believe yeah. that Jesus is going to do something. That's right, yeah. right. And he is going to do something. And I want to talk a little bit about that today because I feel some stuff in the air again. Does anybody feel stuff in the air? Yeah. I mean, these last three years, it's like there's constantly something new in the air. And it doesn't always smell good. You know what I mean? <laughs> Right? There's something new in the air, and it's like this stench. It's like, what is going on in our cultures, our communities? What is happening? And in the midst of that, you know, I had somebody ask me the question, how do we know that the church is successful at this time? What's the church doing today to make a difference? Right? And it's a great question, right? Because we do a lot of stuff. And then when someone throws the question at you, how do you know you're successful? What do we need to do to show that we're successful? What does that look like? Right? And I want to touch on two things, but I'm not going to camp here today because I'm actually going to go into a few different places. And I feel like the Lord has, it's almost like in my dreams the other day, he was writing something. I don't know if you've had that moment where you're actually just praying and you can see the Lord writing something out. It's like, we need to do something about this. Right now, and you can see him typing it out saying, This is an area right now that's a blind spot for the church. This is an area where the church needs to rise up. And I felt the Lord was starting to put his finger on a few things, especially yesterday as I was praying. Right? I was just sitting in my room praying, and it was one of those moments. And I'm telling you, if you've never had this moment, I'm going to tell you, get in your bedrooms and shut everything off. Everything. So you can have a moment where you can see the Lord when you close your eyes, typing something out or speaking something out that's not, and you know it's going to come. The crazy thing is today I'm up here. I'm just some guy that barely made it out of high school. My highest grades were in gym. (laughs) I love gym, and the only reason I made it through high school is because I played football, and I wanted to continue to play football. I do not have a lot of talents and gifts, but I have Jesus. And today, I'm up here, some guy who barely made it through the system. Went to Bible college, got a degree, became a youth pastor. I've lived in this community ever since. And I'm saying that because this, there's nothing special about me other than this. I'm choosing to say yes. Yeah, that's, right. yeah. that's it. That's it every single one of you in this place, this is the shift we have to make in our hearts where we're all saying yes. And can you imagine when we're all saying yes at the same time? Oh, Lord, let that be so. Let it be so. Let us be saying yes at the same time. Let us be listening, hearing, and then acting on what it is you're speaking into our hearts. Well, I'm going to tell you a few things he spoke to me. One You know, it came out in worship, and Mark preaches on this every single week. There's no way I'm going to get this done in 30 to 35 minutes, so you're going to have a little grace for me. But I'm telling you, one of the most important things and the things that shows we're successful is when the presence of God shows up. Isn't it true? God doesn't go where he doesn't want to go. That's just the truth. He goes where he wants to go. But there's something we can do about that. Right? There's something we can do to shift that, where all of a sudden God wants to make a habitation, yeah. not just out of Spruce Grove Community Church, out of each of the people sitting in these chairs today. And not just the people sitting in these chairs, the people watching online. And as we come in here and we intercede and we pray for a community, that that expands into the community. Because yeah. yeah. we want to see our community transformed, shifted, and changed. Right? Without the presence of God, there is no living water. Where there is no living water, there is no life. Where there is no life, nobody wants to come there. That's right. That's good. right? They want to come where life is. In order for life to take place, it means each of us. Right? It's not the worship team or the pastor. Right. It's us waking up. Right. Becoming alive yeah. in our faith, in our journey. Yeah. Welcoming the presence of God into our lives every single day. Now, I'm not going to get into the scripture fully, but if we were to go into Luke chapter 5, 1 to 11, or John 21, 1 to 12, right? Who fishes in here? Anybody fish? We've got a few fishermen or women. I'm telling you something, man. One thing about fishing, right, is sometimes fishing is amazing, but sometimes fishing is one of the most boring things you can do, right? How many of you have gone fishing, right? You're sitting there with your parents, and your question is, when are we going to catch one? When are we going to catch one? Right? There's a boredom. There's something that begins to shift inside of you. Right? And it's almost like, I just want to go home. This isn't really fun. And all of a sudden, you get that one bite, and everything shifts and changes. Right? This is the best time in the world. Right? Because you had a bite over 20 or 30 seconds, and then another hour, you have to wait. You know, well, I, I love this scripture because Jesus uses this analogy. Right? Both of these chapters have to do with fishing. And they have to do with a bunch of people. People just like you and me. Who are out there fishing. And they're having no success. Zero. Zilch. They caught nothing. They are tired. They are exhausted. They do not want to fish any longer. They are done fishing. And all of a sudden they come to the shore and some guy's standing there. And some guy begins to talk to them a little bit. And some guy says, I want you to actually cast your net on the other side. Well, we've already tried this. There are no fish cast your net on the other side and they choose to listen to him they cast their net to the other side and what happens it's a boat load of fish I mean they got to get other people to come other fishermen to come to help them to bring those fish why because the presence of the Lord changes everything yeah. the presence of the Lord changes everything when you go fishing it changes everything when you go to work and you include them it changes everything Right? When you're in church and the presence of God is there, it changes everything. What was impossible, what wasn't working, all of a sudden changes and shifts. When you start handing out food to people in parking lots and in hotels, when the presence of Jesus is there, everything begins to shift. Everything begins to change. Why do we pursue the presence of Jesus? Because without him, we don't catch any fish. Right? Right? That's just the reality, isn't it? And sometimes it's hard. But I'm going to tell you right now, I feel it in the room because I feel like this. "Ah," It's hard. The presence of Jesus is what it's all about. Right? We have to somehow. And again, when Mark preaches, I think sometimes we think we're just talking about Sunday, coming for our two hours, right? Whatever it is, what we're doing in worship, which is worship. But this is altering and shifting our lives right every moment of every day of choosing to include God in everything we're doing choosing to worship him in our cars at work and allowing him to do a miracle when you don't feel like throwing your net over because you haven't had any luck and Jesus says throw your net over anyway you throw your net over and i feel like we have a lot of evangelists in here we have people who have tried things with their family it hasn't worked A frustration sets in and all of a sudden we want to stop. I've tried to pursue him even in church. It hasn't worked. (laughs) As soon as the presence of Jesus shows up, everything changes and it works. Right? I've preached on this before and I love it because one of my favorite characters in the Bible is Zacchaeus. How many of you love Zacchaeus? Right? I love Zacchaeus. Right? Because the thing about Zacchaeus is he doesn't look at his problems. He's not fixated on the issues. Right? All the obstacles that are in his way. All the things in front of him. He's not looking at that. He's saying to himself, I have to get closer. I'll do whatever it takes. I mean, he's looking around and he's seeing the issues and the people and this, but I want to get closer. So he comes up with a great idea. I'm going to climb a little higher. I'm going to tell you, if you want the presence of God, and I will say this over and over and over and over again, you have to climb a little higher. Because as soon as he chose to climb a little higher, it drew the presence of Jesus. Right? If, if you're struggling with the fact that you don't feel like Jesus is seeing you, climb a little higher. Right? It's not about us now. It's not about coming to church. It's not about just repenting once a week. It's about climbing higher every day. All the time. Right? How do we know we're a successful church? Is when we choose as a body to climb a little higher together. We refuse not to climb higher. We don't allow those obstacles, those things in front of us to take over our minds and our thoughts. Because isn't that the temptation? I mean, how many of you today already in this service have been fixated on an issue or a problem you're dealing with at home? That's just the reality of what happens. And we get fixated on that stuff. Get a little higher, get a little higher, get a little higher, get a little higher, right? The second thing, and I mean, there's a list of, I'm going to say probably 30, 40, 50 things that actually begin to show us that we're a successful church. But I'm going to tell you, the second thing is this, right? And this is why, don't take this the wrong way. Because, you know, are we a successful church, Spruce Grove Community Church? In some areas, yes, but we're not done yet, There's a lot more to be done. How do I know this? Well, because to me, the condition of the city and the people within it show where we're at as a church and as a community. If the church is really where they think they're at, the community will be transformed. It will be shifted. It will change. That's what will happen. It will. It's the byproduct of people loving Jesus the right way. Full, wholeheartedly going after Jesus. In every situation, every environment, it shifts and it changes their community. Let me ask you this question. How many of you want revival? Four people. How many of you want revival? How many of you want freedom in the Holy Spirit? How many of you want to be mothers and fathers? Right? That often is the quiet one. Right? It is. It's like, no, I want revival. I want freedom in the Holy Spirit. Mother and father. No, I've already done that. I don't like messes. (laughs) <laughs> right? Being a mother and a father, I preached on this before. There's a lot of messes that come with it. Right? But I love the prayer that Sariah prayed this morning because, I mean, that's in my notes right there, right, again, of Malachi. This is so important to understanding that the condition of the city and the people within it, this is part of it. God, shift the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers. You want to see things shift in our community. That's what needs to happen. But somebody has to disciple them. Somebody has to train them. Somebody has to equip them. Somebody has to teach them all this stuff. It's as if we expect them just to get a revelation on their own. We are the hands and the feet that actually need to bring that revelation. That's what we're called to do. And it's the hard part because it's the scary part. Isn't it? But we are the solution. We are the solution to shifting and changing this community. Yes. Amen. We need to be fathers. Yeah. You know, I think about this because I think if I were to ask this question to all of you, you know, how many of us would love to see a revival here? That Be all of us. Yeah. Right? And I know this. God actually wants to make a habitation here. Yeah. He, does. he does. He actually wants to make a habitation everywhere. Right? That's what he wants to do. But... You know, I was praying, and God all of a sudden just said to me, he said this, he said, I want you to think about an adoption agency. I don't want you to get this, all right? Because an adoption agency, right, they look for people who are going to love. They look for people who are healthy. They look for people who care, who nurture. I read this quote. It says, adoption is the ultimate expression of a committed heart. Did you hear that? Adoption is the ultimate expression of a committed heart. Wow. I went to an adoption agency and I actually read uh, something they had on their website. And I thought, I, I want to read this to you because I want you to understand this. It says, why the adoption process is so tough. It says, the adoption process for adoptive parents is tough because adoption agencies, professional states, and countries want to ensure that the child is going to a safe place. The child's safety and well-being are at the utmost important, making the extra requirements incredibly necessary. If you fail to comply with one or more of these requirements, you may lose your eligibility to adopt in your state or elsewhere. I'm telling you something, right? God is looking for churches, and it's not much different. But he wants to make sure that the mothers and the fathers in the churches are healthy. He wants to make sure that they really care, that they're really going to walk with the people. Because what is revival? I mean, we throw that word out there, and I think we have a different understanding sometimes. Right? Because, yes, revival is we revive a church, a congregation of people. All of a sudden, every single one of you, it's like you're happy and you're joyful. I don't know. It's something happens inside you, right? Something you can't even contain and you can't even control. That's just one aspect of revival. One, where you can't get enough of Jesus, where you're praying. I mean, the revivals we see going on around the world. I was at Brownsville, and I loved every minute of it. Why? Because it was a hungry people, everybody at the same time. Hungry, passionate for Jesus. Oh, my goodness, and everything starts to shift and change. Because everybody's on the same page. Right? No more distractions. It's Jesus. And I'm going to focus on Jesus. I'm going to focus on him. I'm not going to allow these things to distract me and to lead me astray. He is looking for a people that truly, 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 truly love him. And it begins to shift everything. He wants to make a habitation here, but he wants to make sure we're in the right place as a church. Right? He wants something to happen today, tomorrow, tonight, in each and every one of you. Right? He wants that. Well, what else is revival? Revival is when we see mass salvations take place, mass salvations. I mean, again, in Brownsville, they were bringing busloads of prisoners who were getting baptized. I mean, there were witches at the beginning of the service hiding under the seats. By the end of the service, they were up front at the altar call. I mean, things were happening. People were getting saved left and right. But it doesn't stop there. There's transformation in the community, literally, where businesses are excelling. Everything's shifting. Crime is going down. Revival filters into every area. And so this is why sometimes we have to ask the question, what are we asking for when we're asking for revival. But you want to have a good service? God's saying, that's not what I want. I want a habitation where you change, your community changes, everybody changes. Everybody. This isn't about a good time. It's about transformation. Shifting the destinies of people right now who are destined for hell, who need to be destined for heaven. Right? He's waiting for a people to have the same heart he has his heart cries out to each and every single one of them yes, that's it. the question is does ours. God changed that because I know I just don't have that heart fully yet right and I'm not saying that to convict you and to make you feel bad I'm saying that because it shows us just the state we're in we need more of Jesus Amen. we need more of his presence so all of a sudden everything begins to change everything begins to shift because the reality is this transformed people transform people did you get that transformed people transform people doesn't stay there right when I got saved I made a promise I will never hoard a gift that I was given I will always continue to give it out because I knew when he transformed me He said don't keep this to yourself Don't keep it to yourself. Give it to every single person you come in contact with. Everybody. Because that's what happened. Transform people, transform people. Right? We actually really start to care. Now, I know there are some practical people in here. I want to give a quick practical thing for you, just something to grab that is basic and easy. Because I feel like, again, when we care about our community, we need to get some practical steps And how do we do this. What do we do? I don't even know how to do it. You know, I love Tyson. He walks around in shopping centers and he just prays for people when he sees a need sometimes. That's definitely a start, right? We actually move in boldness and faith. Yeah. Right? When God says something, he's there. And we're going to talk about that in a minute because I've got to speed up. Okay, four quick things I want to give you. Phase one, ladder climbing. Climb yourself. True leaders always go first. True leaders climb the ladder first. They go through it. They experience the failures. They experience all the stuff that is hard, right? True leaders don't tell someone to do something they've never done before themselves, all right? A true leader does it first. So the very thing you want, do it first, okay? I don't care how many books you've read on it, and you know everything about it, but you've never done it, not the same. Right, true leaders go through it first, but they never stop there. The second phase is this: is true leaders. There's a thing called ladder holding. Right? Can you help others up the ladder? This is the mother and fathers again. Right? Is are you willing to help somebody up, else up the ladder, or are you just trying to get up that ladder as fast as you can? This is awesome. This is great. I don't care about anybody else. I just want up the ladder because there's a tendency in ourselves, self-preservation. It's about me. It's about me getting there. And if I don't get, uh, uh uh Mothers and fathers, don't go up ladders alone, folks. They bring other people with them. So God's asking us, are you actually willing to be a ladder holder? And more than that, are you willing to be a ladder extender? Are you willing to go a little farther, and are you willing to teach them how to climb the ladder themselves? There's fear in us of doing that. Let's just be honest. Right? There's a bit of fear. If this guy gets too far ahead of me, then what? I won't be needed. (laughs) That's not the true heart of a father or a mother. Right? We are trying to launch people ahead of us. Right? With no fear, God's got us taken care of. Right? Maybe that's why some of us are stuck. Because actually our motive is for ourselves, And it's not for others. We're thinking, God, why am I stuck in this place of ministry? Because it's still on you. If it's still on you, something has to shift, right? It has to hit that next phase. And the final one here is ladder building, is teach them how to build their own ladder, right? This is all about discipleship. It's all about discipleship. Are you hearing me? Okay, it's all about discipleship. My question is, is are you discipling somebody right now, right? Are you discipling somebody? Are you walking with somebody? You want to see the church field? Each of you pick one person, One person, love them, walk with them, mother and father them, teach them. This church will be packed, right? Some people think, well, it's the pad. No, it's the church catching it. We all catch it at the same time. And I'm gonna walk with somebody. I'm gonna disciple somebody. I'm gonna care for somebody. I'm not gonna stop, right? It changes and it shifts everything. All right, I wanna shift quickly here. Not really, but a little bit, (laughs) right? It all has to do with the same thing, right? It's all about Jesus, right, Galen? It is. Um, You know, a few years back, maybe four or five years ago, Jen and I and Mark and Wendy went to district conference. And, I mean, we were in an interesting state as a church. Some things, you know, were rough. Some things were hard. You know, and I remember as we went, we were actually praying, and we spent a lot of time really asking the Lord about, you know, what does he want to do? And the one thing that we actually all heard on that trip was the Lord actually wanted to increase our numbers. Is that important? Actually, it is. Right? It is. He wants to increase our numbers, not just so we have more numbers. Right? More faith. More excitement. Right? It changes things when you increase the numbers. And we actually felt like the Lord convicted us of a few things. Do you remember when we started our little welcome center? It wasn't because we just flipped a coin and said, let's start a welcome center. It's because God literally said to us, us, it's time for you to care for others. It's time to model that to your body. It's time to do it every single day that you walk in this church because I know there's new people in here right now at this moment who need to be cared for. They need to be loved. We should be talking to them immediately because we care about people. Right? I mean, we put this in place because it was a basic thing that God said. You want to be a healthier church? You want to actually reach your community? You want to see people get excited? Then love them, welcome them, care for them. It's pretty basic. Right, And I remember we came back, and I'm sitting in pre-service prayer in the other room, and I literally heard the Lord say this. He said to me, today, I'm going to show you this is me, and it's not just you hearing this. Today, you're going to have probably over 30 visitors, I think it was. And I'm like, what? It was like the Lord said, no, 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 no. Today, I'm going to show you this is my will. They're going to show up today. What are you going to do about it? And I felt the Lord said, you need to go tell Mark that right now. And I thought, yeah, but what if I'm wrong? Right? I said, uh-uh. Nah. And I went to Mark and I said, the Lord told me today he actually wants to show us this is his will. I think we're going to have over 30 visitors today. We had over 35 visitors that Sunday. Some of you are sitting in our pews right now. Some of you went to our connect groups because God said, do this because I want you to spend time with people and actually love them. Right? Some of you are here because of that to this day. Right, It's powerful. I watch what God's doing, right? In a lot of your lives, how you guys serve so much. The Sawatskis, you know what? This is the other thing the Lord said. I want you to start praying for seniors, right? We didn't have any seniors, really. We had a few. And all of a sudden, we started praying for seniors. I started talking to Rick and Della about it. Guess what? We got a whole bunch of seniors. Why? Just to have seniors? No, because we need foundation in the church. God said, you need the foundation. The body is weak. You need the foundation. Get the seniors in the house. I mean, these guys are running a group right now, and there's 12 to 14 people in it. And they're discipling people now in their house, right? This is God because he's trying to do something. He's trying to shift something. And now he's putting his finger on something else. He's saying, we're missing an area, not just in the church, but in the community. And everybody sees it. Everybody's angry about it because we see what's going on in the schools, don't we? Ouch, we hate it. We don't like what we're seeing. It's scary. And God is saying, Haha, this is on the church though. Yeah. Ouch, it's on the church. We've missed something. Yeah. Right? We have missed something with our young adults. Right? We have missed something with our kids. God is saying, I want you to focus on this. It's a blind spot in your church. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You need to focus on You want life in your church? Bring them back call them in, call the young adults, call them in. And I'm not talking about 18 to 25. I'm like thinking of 14 all the way up to 30 or plus, right? I'm going to tell you why because I want us to understand this because we're going to pray for some of our young people today because we need to see something shift, amen? You want to see the the stuff in the school shift, right? I have no problem with the letters and all that. We have people who are going to be doing letters and stuff like that and they're going to be doing petitions. No problem, do the petitions, But you want to see transformation, get your kids transformed. Get your kids in the school preaching and loving and believing in Jesus and something will shift in the schools, right? We need that to be returned. Why are the kids not wanting him? Something needs to shift. We're going to talk about that too, I think, in 15 minutes, right? Man, it's going to take courageous leaders to rise up, to step up, and to start moving. And I want to pause in this a minute because I felt like this is one of the things God said we need to pray for over ourselves today is that God needs to place courage in us. All of us. Courage, courage, courage. Young people, everybody in here. Courage, right? What is courage? What is a courageous leader? They move forward in the face of fear. How often have we heard the word fear in the last three, four years? A lot, Right? Courageous leaders move forward in the face of fear. They don't remain silent about the things that matter. MLK, who am I talking about? Martin Luther King King made this statement Our lives begin and end the day we remain silent about things that matter. We are not called to be silent about the things that matter i mean let's see what isaiah has to say about this this is isaiah 51 7 to 8 and it says this listen to me you who know right from wrong Can we say that again listen to me you who know right from wrong you who cherish my law in your hearts do not be afraid of the people's scorn nor nor fear their insults. For the moth will devour them as it devours clothing. The worm will eat them as it eats wool. But listen to this, and I want you to catch this, because I feel there's a lot of fear still in the church. Fear about what's going on in the schools. I do not fear it, just so you know. I do not fear it for one second. But my righteousness will last forever. Oh, there should be some amens to that one. Right? But my righteousness will last forever. Yeah. My salvation will continue from generations yeah. to generation. Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. It will not stop. Salvation doesn't end yeah. because of somebody else's, you know, demonic push. Yeah. It never ends. It never stops. His righteousness, it never stops. Yeah. Yeah. Stop focusing on the enemy and focus on Jesus on. and what he wants to do. Yeah. He wants us focused on him. Yeah. Because what do we do? We focus on Him and we stop focusing on what God wants. Some guy, his name's Doug Hall, made this statement. I don't know who he is. It's a good statement, it doesn't matter. It says this courage has a tangible quality. You can't touch it, but you can feel it. Yeah. Oh, isn't that true? That's good. Isn't it? It feels like positive acceleration. Courage sends a rush of energy through your body. It makes you wake up in the morning with a feeling of wanting to wrap your hands around the day. Any of you not want to wrap your hands around the day? (laughs) Oh, we need some courage in the house, do we not? Being courageous not only fires you up, but it also fires others up and makes them more courageous. That's important because nobody ever reached his or her potential by cowering in fear. Right? I mean, here it is. 1 Corinthians sixteen thirteen says this. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous and be strong. This is our call right here. I'm going to read that again because I didn't get enough amens. <laughs> Come on. If you're with me, make sure I know. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous and be strong. Amen? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. We have to be courageous. We have to be strong. We go nowhere until that courageousness shifts inside of us. It has to shift. In every single one of us, it has to shift. Right, let me say this you are needed. You are a massive resource to the church. Not just community church, which you are. You're a massive resource to the church in general right? As churches, we sometimes focus on our worship stuff. We focus on our youth programs. We focus on our seniors, right? Which is all good. We focus on a lot of the stuff. Our kids program, all necessary, right? All of it necessary. But the one area sometimes we forget about is you guys because you have an opportunity to do something I don't. Now, it's not fully true. You guys go into your places of work every single day. You go into areas that I don't walk into. You are a massive resource. And one of the areas where the church has failed is we have not equipped you to go into those places and to bring change, to shift it, to change it. God, forgive us for that and teach us how to do it. Because I'm telling you, we just look at it as I go to work and then I come back and do my Christianity. No, it doesn't work that way. You are a massive resource, each and every one of you. We need you to accomplish what God wants to do because you go into those places, the highways, the byways, those places, and you actually have a call. You get your paycheck. That's a benefit. But your call is Jesus. Your call is the Great Commission. I'm sorry, that is everybody's call, not just the evangelists. Everybody's call is to love people, to care for people, to disciple people. That's all of us. Amen? Amen. I hope you agree with that one, right? We have a younger generation in need of courageous mothers and fathers. We have a younger generation that we need to help up the ladder. (sighs) Steve Shank uh, was in Georgia with us. And he spoke about something, and I want to touch on this. Because this is for our young people. But it's also for all of us. Okay? All of us he actually started to talk about some of the concerns about our young people. Right? The fact that we're not seeing as many young people in churches today. Do we notice that? Yeah. Young adults, etc., etc., etc. Well, the first thing i want to share is he shared a verse, and then he shared some statistics that i think are important for you to understand. Right? 1 Timothy 4:12 says this, "Let no one look down on you because of your youth, but be an example and set a pattern for believers in speech and conduct, in faith and in purity. He's reminding the young people right there that you're not too young. He's also reminding the older people that they're not too young. Did you hear that? Yeah. He's reminding them they're not too young, and he's reminding us they are not too young. We need the young people to rise up. If you want to see a revival, I, I feel it's going to start there. Now, just listen to this, right? Right, get this. Samson was 20. David was 17 or 18. And King at 30. Daniel was about 17. Esther was 20. Mary was 15 or 16. The 12 in their late teens. And Peter was over 20. Timothy, 21 when he traveled with Paul and Silas. And about 28 when he was over the churches of Ephesus. Did you hear that? You are not too young. Good. As churches, we have actually held back from giving our young people more roles. We need to change that. They are not too young, right? We need them to rise up. We need to pray over them. We need to call them in. We need them to be some of the agents of change again in our schools. That's where it's going to happen, folks. Let's go get the youth and the young adults. Let's pour into them, right, Paul? Let's pour into them. Let's pour into them, and let's see change. (sighs) Right? I'm tired, got eight minutes and we're going to do some baptisms, only three today, maybe, maybe more, if all of a sudden a revival breaks out, right Drew? One other person in the Bible and I'm almost done, Jeremiah was in his late teens to 20 years of age. This is a discussion he had with the Lord and most of us know this discussion, but I'm going to read it because it's important for you to hear it. Because if you're a teen or an older person, you need to get this in you right here. Then I said, O Lord, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a young man. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a young man, because everywhere I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them or their hostile faces, for I am with you always to protect you and deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord stretched out his hand, and he touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, hear me, I have put my words in your mouth. Oh, man, put your hands on your lip. Lord, put your words in our mouth. Put your words in our mouth. And then he says this, all right? See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to uproot and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant did you hear that i hear an amen over here we need somebody saying hallelujah over here right yeah that was good oh i'm excited about this one we shall have dominion from sea to shining sea so when i read this he's talking to jeremiah but he's talking to all of us right i have appointed you over the nations over the kingdoms, to uproot and to break down. We see stuff going on. He has appointed you to uproot and to break down. Right? He's appointed us to do that. To destroy and to overthrow. That's a scary one. What does that mean? <sighs> right, Ken? Some of you are going, What is this? yeah, David? It means to destroy and overthrow. <laughs> to build and to plant. You are called to build and you are called to plant seeds everywhere you go. That is what we are called to do. You are not young, you're not too young and you're not too old. Right? Yeah. It's just the truth. Right evangelist Joel Mitchell, right? <sighs> Again, the concern is we have not seen enough youth and young adults in our churches. This isn't healthy, right? We actually did a uh, session where we asked, we allowed the the congregation to ask some questions, and we had a panel. I'll share this real quick. Those getting baptized, you may want to get ready, okay? Unless you don't want to miss this, then we'll figure it out, right? Is there a little grace today? Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm I'm almost done, all right? Now, I distracted myself. I don't even remember what I was saying, but I just remembered We did a session, a panel, and the question came from the worship leader there, and they said, what do we do about the youth not wanting to come into the churches anymore? The numbers are dropping left and right. What do we do, right? Now, I was a youth pastor, but that was a long time ago. But I asked the Lord, and in that moment, he gave me a few things, and last night he gave me a few more, right? And we'll see if he gives me a few more while I'm saying this. But the first thing was this, is we can't give them counterfeits, We can't stay away from the heart of the gospel. They want Jesus, not the counterfeits. They want Jesus, right? We cannot give them anything other than Jesus. Jesus is filled with love and compassion. I'm going to tell you something, and it's going to hurt a bit. I'm not interested in their behavior. I'm interested in them having an encounter. I'm going to tell you something. We don't do it as much anymore, but if a youth shows up with his hat on, Leave him alone, especially if you don't know his name. You don't have the right to speak into them if you don't know their name. You don't. This is something we need to shift in us. Okay? We love telling people what to do, but do you have the relationship? Build it. We're called to do that. All of us. We are called to do that. You want to see a young person run? Focus on just his behavior. Now, love him. And everything begins to change. Here's the other one. This one's going to hurt too. A little bit. We have to be willing to change. New traditions will fall away for new strategies. Okay, spiritually, how do we say this? Old wineskins for new wineskins. Right? Okay, I remember years ago when those drums came on the stage and people said this, Satan is on the stage. Remember that? i got to put my glasses on because I can't see you guys. Something is coming, and it's going to be hard for you guys. We have to reach the younger generation, and it's not going to look the way we're doing it. Right? If all we're interested in is making sure that we get through life and we get to have an expression we love, we've missed the point. Right? We need to leave a legacy. We need to leave something in this church when we're all not here. Means we have to go after them with every single thing in us and we have to be willing to shift and change. Yes. Ouch, it hurts. We don't want it. We don't like it, but you have to do it. Yes. Something has to change so these seats are filled. Yes. Let's ask the Lord to show us what that is. Yes. Number three, give them roles and responsibilities. Yes. Our youth need to be more involved. Right? 100%. Let them fail. Right? Are we okay with that? Absolutely. (laughs) Even when they have the mic and it doesn't go perfectly. Right? Can we let them fail? Yeah. This one came this morning. Oh, no, I already said this one. Stop looking for behavior and pray for an encounter. We want their actions to come from their heart, not because they're just trying to please us. You ever think about that, right? I'm a bit of a pleaser. Some of it's on me, but some of it's I've been conditioned, right? We condition our kids to please. I want an encounter. I don't want them behaving like they're good Christians. I want them actually loving Jesus because they've encountered him. Amen? Yeah. Amen. That needs to happen. Okay, last thing, and we're going to pray, and we're going to do these baptisms. Uh, September 17th, we are doing an event here called Resurgence. I'm sure many of you have heard of it, right? This may seem like nothing. It is something. I'm going to declare that right now because I'm believing for a resurgence in this community with our youth and our young people. And I'm believing our entire church is going to stand up and rise up and to begin to call this in. Right? This event, I believe, is a launching point for what God wants to do this year. I am going to state this right now because by faith I'm believing. You are going to see youth and young adults begin to show up in this church. Right? I am believing it with all my heart, but with that comes this. The body has to be willing to do the work, so I'm going to ask the body, it's time to go to work, it's time to put our boots on, it's time to serve, it's time to put away the things that we don't need to be doing and start picking up the things we need to be doing if we really want to see a community transformed, changed, shifted. Amen? Amen? Okay, so Father, let's stand up. Then we're baptizing. Ooh, was that okay? Yeah, that was okay, well, hopefully it doesn't end here. Right? Put your hands up. Father, right now we pray in Jesus' name, first and foremost... That we would become courageous leaders. Yeah. Father, for each one in this room, I pray a spirit of courage would fall on them right hey. now as they're standing in this church. Yeah. Courage, 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 courage. Yeah. In every environment, when the Lord speak, you act. When yeah. he speaks, you yeah. do. Yeah. Courage, courage, courage. Yeah. In Jesus' name. And Father, that we would pursue your presence with yeah. everything in us. Yeah everything in us God your presence changes everything that's why we'll keep doing it no matter what and father right now and you can think of your young people who aren't here and young people who are here right now right right now I'm saying you're not too young in Jesus name I tell you right now rise up stand up Begin to go into those places that you're called to. Bring change. Be the change because Jesus is with you. He will guide you. He will lead you. And I'm telling you, begin to bring him into the building. We need it. We need the passion. We need the excitement. We're sorry we're where we shut you down. And we haven't given you opportunity to fail. But we're telling you right now that opportunity is in front of you. So rise up. Stand up. Step up. I'm calling it over you in Jesus' name. Can we say amen? Amen. All right, Ben's going to sing a song, and we're going to quickly get our three people, I believe. Unless somebody else wants to get baptized and get over to the tank, we're going to do this right now. Let's worship him. Amen? Come on, can we give the Lord a clap offering? I'm going to declare this today. Something has changed. Something has changed. Something new is about to begin. Can we say amen? Okay, church, bless you.